0: If you try something and you don't like it, then you know it doesn't make you happy. If you try something and you quote unquote fail at it, you're still getting data back. You're still getting information back to you that helps you you know, reform your vision. Look at things a different way, see yourself a different way.
1: Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into those fun hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Welcome back to Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block. So glad you're joining us today. I had a fun conversation with Dani DeNovo. She is a lawyer turned elite happiness coach and international bestseller. And we touch on a range of topics, including how to be honest with yourself for better mental health. There was an episode in Seinfeld where George Costanza Is living, he's not happy. And so he decides to do the opposite of everything that he's doing in his life to see if his luck changes. Well, the idea is don't do the things that are not working. Don't keep doing those things over and over. And Danny is going to share some tips and tricks on how to better do that. So if you want to learn some tips to make yourself a little bit more honest with yourself and how to live with those realizations, stay tuned for a great episode with Danny DeNovo. One of the things you want to talk about today was being honest with yourself. And it sounds like you had a reckoning with yourself and, you know, in your journey. So how does being honest with ourselves make us happy?
0: Yeah. So I think it's kind of a two-step formula. And if you do these two things, your happiness will show up and probably a lot faster than you think. The first is being honest with yourself about what really makes you happy and about who you are right now, right? Not an easy thing to do, Right. Um, I was lucky because I had people shove that mirror in my face for me, but I've also had to hold it up myself, and it takes a lot of guts, a lot of courage, um, and it's a lot of hard work doing those things. So being honest with yourself about what makes you happy, and um, and then the second part is acting in conformity with that, which is another hard thing to do because... And uh, you've got these stories about yourself that you believe about yourself that are probably not true. There's people in your life that are telling you things about yourself. Society is telling you things can be done and can't be done, right? So it's really about getting out of the voices here and bringing the voice, listening to the voice in your heart well, and I'm he- um, following I'm, it.
1: I'm hearing you and being honest with myself. practically, what do you do? Do you sit there and you get a notebook <laughs> out and like write what's important to me? How, how do you even start with that?
0: Uh, I think uh, for me, it starts with meditation, Mm. uh, but breathing exercises, anything that will help you shut off the focus from up here Mm. and just let you listen. Um, But really, I think it's about being honest about what doesn't work, right? Mm. I know what doesn't work. Mm. I know... What doesn't make me feel good? I know it doesn't make me happy. So why do I keep doing it, right? Why do I keep making myself go through this? Or why do I keep trying again? I don't like it. I don't want to do this. Um, Being really honest with yourself about the relationships in your life, uh, about the lifestyle that you want to live, right? And um, again, these are not easy things to, to switch. They're not things that you can change overnight by any stretch, but at least when you start being honest about the fact that these things aren't working for Mm. you, right, you're one step closer to getting to where you need to be to be happy.
1: That makes a lot of sense to me. It's a lot easier to sit there and go, okay, I'm really not happy right now. What what am I doing? Well, I'll do this, this, and this. I'm like, okay. And it reminds me of there's a a Seinfeld show with George Cassandra. He decides (laughs) to do everything the complete opposite of what he's doing because he's not happy. He's not working.
0: Yeah, opposite George. Yes, exactly right. Exactly, right? More opposite George, yes.
1: Exactly. Instead of whatever the sandwich he was ordering is, now it's like, you know. Uh, egg salad on rye or something and the complete opposite and yeah goes to some woman and says you know hi i'm george i'm unemployed and i live with my parents you know
0: right well it's a great example because he's always in his head you've right. got to pull yourself out of there <sighs> to really connect and live with life and at first it feels really reckless especially for someone like me a type a personality lawyer i mean you couldn't get like more serious right yeah. and here i am like all of a sudden follow your heart okay crazy everyone would thought i lost it <sighs> Um, it's not an easy thing to do, but, but man, when you get into that energy, it just shifts everything so fast.
1: So when you go out and you talk about this book, like when you're out speaking, what, what resonates the most? Like what, what gets the most, like you feel like most connection? What, when you talk, when you're in your, in your speaking,
0: I think, um, I think a number of things. I think number one, people kind of want permission from outside of themselves to to go ahead and take a look at that stuff and and to have the ability to be honest. We're really afraid to be honest because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Um, We don't necessarily want to take responsibility for a lot of things. Uh, We don't like to admit that we were wrong or that somehow we contributed to our own unhappiness. We really like to kind of put it outside of ourselves. but. Mm -hmm. Happiness does not, is not outside of you. It, there's nothing outside of you that is ever gonna change that for you, right? Mm. Um, on either side of it, happy or unhappy, it's all you, baby. So uh, I think just you know allowing people to kind of sit with the idea of, oh, wow, yeah, you know what? It is okay to say these things. It's okay to say I'm not happy, right? It's okay to have that hard conversation with people in my life or even with myself or to make those big changes, even though I'm scared. Right? It's okay. You're going to be scared. This whole process is scary. It really is. Uh, you're going outside of familiar territory. Uh, you're going against beliefs and systems and people in your life that mean a lot to you. Uh, and it's very isolating at times, right? When I went through this whole thing, a lot of people exited my life and did not come back. Uh, but that necessarily wasn't a bad thing in the long run. But they can feel a little lonely for a period of time until you kind of get your feet under you.
1: Well, it's so cool because they're we're talking about messages and hearing things. So somebody's sitting in the audience wherever we are and they're hearing something from you. And time back to what you're talking about living in conformity. So you realize something. Okay, that's that's a big thing. But then how do you take action and and live in that conformity? Right. That's the second part. That's the, that's a hard part to do. Right.
0: It is. It's it's all about courage. Like all I say over and over again is if you want to be happy, you have to be brave. Uh, and that is the one message that I try to hit home with my daughter more than anything else. Mm. Uh, you know, just looking at people close to me, even uh, you know, they're they're even afraid to just try something new because oh well, people will see me fail at it. Well, so what? Right. And that's, that's gets you one step closer to knowing what makes you happy. If you try something and you don't like it, then you know, it doesn't make you happy. If you try something and you quote unquote fail at it, you're still getting data back. You're still getting information back to you that helps you, you know, reform your vision, look at things a different way, see yourself a different way. Um, I became so proud of myself for trying these things and failing epically at them yes. just because, you know, I got to do different stuff, which, you know, is kind of part of being happy too, not being in a rut and doing the same thing every single day over and over the same way. Um, so there's that aspect of it, but just, you know, doing things that I never thought that I would have the the courage to do. Mm. Uh, and so what if I failed at it? I did it. I did it.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, there's so many things I can talk to you about, but is there anything else that, that you wanted to share today?
0: Yeah, I think my messages are pretty easy, uh, just as far as words are concerned, right? And <laughs> not easy in application by any stretch. But like I said, please keep going. It, the journey, it's a, a lifetime journey. It's never going to end. You're always gonna be reframing your happiness, seeing it from different angles and perspectives. That's part of growing as a human being. So it's not like I just kind of gave up on everything once I got here. Happiness is, for me, it's it's like going to the gym, right? If I want muscles, I have to go to the gym to get the muscles. But then after I get the muscles, I have to keep going to the gym to maintain the muscles. I don't just forget about it and keep my muscles. I don't get to do that. And the same thing is true with your happiness. If you're not looking at it, if you're not working at it a little bit every single day and making it your top priority, it's not going to be in your life. And it has to be your top priority. You have to be your top priority in your life; otherwise, you can't give anything of any value to anyone or anywhere else. So um, that seems selfish to people. I think is another thing that uh, is a good message to get out there. That seems really selfish, right? People don't want to pay to have a happiness coach um, until their world falls apart, unfortunately, and then they realize, it, you know, that's everything. Um, don't let it get to that point. Save it now. Fix it um, before you hit rock bottom.
1: Mm-hmm. And in your book, briefly, do you talk about the journey of getting there? Because we, we didn't get into the whole backstory, but people learn more about like, how you even got to the point. We were talking about talking about your daughter on the floor, even yeah. to get to that point. Is that yeah, yeah, I do.
0: I do talk about that a little bit. I mean, what I don't get into too much is the fact that um, in my teens and into my twenties, I suffered from a really bad depression. Oh. Um, I was institutionalized for a period of time. None of the medication was working for me. I was incredibly suicidal. Uh, and, uh, when I went in for the second time, they said, we've done everything we can do for you. We've got nothing else to help you with. And I said, well, you don't understand if I leave here this time, I'm not going to make it back and I'm, I'm not going to make it period. I know like it's that bad. And they said, well, the only other option we have is electroshock therapy. And I said, uh, okay, let's do that then if that's the only option. Uh, you know, I was 19 years old. I had no one advocating for me. I didn't understand what was going on. I just knew I wanted to get better, and so I ended up going through this sh- shock treatment for weeks upon weeks. Uh, my childhood memory erased. It was gone. Um, it, it was my body was just physically breaking down. It was so bad that I finally said to them, "Okay, it worked." Even though it hadn't, I, I didn't feel any different. Uh, It's working. I feel good. I'm not depressed anymore. You can let me go. I don't need to do this. And they said, okay, we'll prove it to us. So I had a fake, uh, being okay to stop the treatment. And that's, and I think that's just the cycle that we are all in. We're faking most of our lives Mm -hmm. and you don't understand the toll that that's taking on your heart on a daily basis. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. getting signs, but you're ignoring them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the book is a little bit about me kind of ignoring those signs and then finally picking up on them. But just to to give people an idea of, you know, uh, I know what rock bottom is like, I have been there and uh, and yet I know there's still help, right? And so uh, it's not going to happen for you overnight. It's not going to necessarily happen for you in a matter of weeks, but it can happen faster than you think once you get in that sort of right mindset, right energy, right you know, mentorship, if you will, mm. to help you through that.
1: Oh, I appreciate that because, you know, we, we talk about the lighter side of mental health, but to even get to the lighter side, you have to sometimes go through the heavy stuff first. And so I'm hoping that, you know, through this show, two people will get some of these messages and start to explore and get to those deeper places. Because sometimes just like you said, just hearing a message from you in an audience may trigger the process of starting to get help and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, yeah. I really, really appreciate that last thing I want to mention on a little lighter note was you have a book out, um, It's All Gravy. Yes. And is this, how do you tie, I, I, I take it it's a, a cookbook of it sorts, is. but it how, is, do you, yes. how do you tie the themes of mental wellness into a cookbook?
0: Because there's so many little things we can do every day to support our happiness and our mood, and food is one of them, right? So so, talking as someone who did not do well on the medications for depression and anxiety and all of that stuff, I wanted to look at every aspect of happiness. Like, I really did study this stuff, right? Um, And food plays such a huge role in that, you know, um, we're out there self-medicating with so many things, alcohol and other drugs. uh, But sugar is one way that most people really kind of cope with uh, anxiety and depression. And all that does is feed it instead of helping with it. Um, so uh, yeah, so I kind of took the cookbook and I looked at it from different angles. One is foods that actually are scientifically proven to help support happiness. Uh, they help with serotonin and dopamine in our systems. They help, you know, do things like lower blood pressure and even out hormones and that just supports our mood throughout the day but there's more to that there's more to happiness than just you know what what you're fueling your body with so i did another section on you know things that sort of support your heart more from like a spiritual sense than you know a biological sense Mm. and then things that you know trigger good memories the, the things that are nostalgic so i do a lot of sections with um cooking with my grandparents and remembering the holidays and uh, certain smells that trigger good things uh, for you and how you know that's like your brain reliving those happy moments so yeah so it's kind of all tied together and uh, in a different way but with really good food attached to it too so the recipes are also pretty good I'll just say that <laughs>
1: well what what I mean what a unique combination because we always talk about in this personal development space how Food is health and all this great stuff. And yes, all the foods physically, you know, you're not supposed to de- eat too many carbs because it's not really great for your, your mental health, your mood swings. Keeping the sugar stable is so important, right? Right. But cooking with my grandma and remembering being in the kitchen, stirring the pot, you know, making cookies. Yeah. Lot, or in our culture is, you know, Jewish culture, it's food is everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that has to have as much impact on your well-being too, you know, as the other thing, it's like a balance, right? So you, you found that balance. That's really interesting. Um, Is there one, is there one recipe that kind of covers both? Like something that is actually good for you, but has a good memory too.
0: Oh, I mean, well, now I I cook so much with my daughter that, that that definitely ties in and right. I want her to be eating healthy too. Mm. So uh, I'll say one thing. It's not exactly a healthy recipe, but it's a very easy recipe and good for the holidays. I call them Graham's bread bites uh so there are a lot of carbs and there's sugar in it but it incorporates a lot of cinnamon and the smell of cinnamon actually boosts your uh brain power and your concentration and your focus it makes you feel energized and alive and that makes you feel happy so you get to sniff the cinnamon while you're cooking um but save those treats for special occasions of course don't be again fueling your happiness with the sugar because it's only short-lived and not really doing you any good in the long run
1: Also for the holidays too like Do you, uh, do you balance that too? Like more healthy cooking, more healthy ways, and then trying to, you know, like I said, bringing some of the traditions, some of the things that, that make, make you happy.
0: Yeah, I do. I mean, for me, I have to watch, I'm really sensitive to foods. Uh, so I have to be careful. I don't go too far off. Uh, I'm not really going to indulge too, too much. Right. Um, which I mean, you know, I is hard because it upsets my daughter because she, thinks I'm not enjoying myself, but she doesn't understand how much, you know, just watching her is enjoyment for me. Uh so yeah, I have to I have to really watch it. You know, I don't drink alcohol at all anymore. And um uh I like, you know, again, happiness is my top priority. So I really take care of it but i love to watch people cook in the kitchen i love to cook for people i'm not going to make you eat what i eat (laughs) so if you come to my house you don't have to worry you won't have to eat what i eat but um yeah just being around food and family and friends and all of that to me is what where the real good stuff is
1: so when you did all the research on how big of a role does food play in our mental wellness in general is it a big part of it
0: I think so. I mean, it really kind of depends on your genetics and and your sensitivity to things, right? I was obviously incredibly sensitive to things like sugar and carbs because uh, even from a young age, my anxiety was just through the roof. Uh, so you know, if you have that issue, or if you see your kids having that issue, diet is probably playing a l- much larger role in things than you realize. Mm. Uh, so so for someone like me, yeah, it's huge. For someone else, it doesn't affect as much. It might not be as big of a deal. But um, that's about part of knowing yourself and being honest with yourself, right? I mean, do I want to eat this? Yeah, I do. But I know what it's going to do to my mental health and probably other parts of my body as well. Mm. And, uh, and so, you know, being honest also means being brave enough to say, yeah, I want to eat it, but I'm not going to, and I'm going to find something else that makes me happy to eat.
1: Now. And I know from my personal experience that, you know, reducing carbs, reducing sugar just makes all the difference in the world. It's not, it's not as fun to admit to yourself, but no,
0: it's not fun, (laughs) Right.
1: Um, but there is a balance there somewhere you have to find the balance for yourself, right. You, you know, what your triggers are. I mean, for me, eating one cookie is pretty hard just to do one cookie. So it's like. You know, it you is start. hard.
0: But when you when you are really dedicated to it, right, I'm at the point now where if I eat anything like that, I don't feel well, mm. right, I flipped it so that it's um, my body's like, No, you know, this doesn't go here anymore. Let's keep this stuff out. So it's even if I wanted to do that, I really can't anymore. Because 30 seconds later, it's like, oh, why did I even do that, yeah. right? Now I'm not happy because I didn't stick to my diet or whatever. But it wasn't an easy thing to get to. It really wasn't. I mean, it takes time. It takes patience uh, because we've, I mean, we've learned these habits over time as well. These bad habits, if you will, that aren't supportive. So you have to unlearn those and learn ones to put in their place. And then uh, and then there you go. But But that learning part is hard.
1: Well, thank you so much for all this wonderful information um being honest with yourself in all aspects is difficult (laughs) and I really I really appreciate you you talking about finding that message and finding that person to to really get you know get through to you it sounds like you know you're that for other people that must really feel good that somebody's going to say in an interview some oh yeah you know I listened to this woman named Danny in a conference and she she said something that really changed my life yeah it must feel pretty good
0: Well, I hope that's the case, but even if it isn't, hopefully you heard the message of if I didn't do it for you, go find the person who will do it for you, right?
1: Just get started.
0: Yeah, and keep going. I mean, as hard as it is, just keep going. You just hang in there, and something sooner or later will come around.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours
0: happy.